Yeah, Yo, we can hear you, man. What's up, player? <laughs> what up, Buster? Can uh, anybody hear me? Does it matter if I have video? Do you guys care? Yeah. I mean, it's an audio forum, right? Yeah. You're not going to do anything creepy, are you? Like, whack off. Uh, too late. <laughs> but I will, I, will, I will put that in the notes as a big no-no for next time. Right. Welcome to episode four! Blappity-boo. It's the official Slow Funk Pump Potty. What's your blappest peppy? With Chef and Slow from the Slow Funk Pump Show, co-hosted by Beer Man from Got Gog's Mag Radio, the webby site that puts the sting into your dips with goons and toppies that black like nobody's biz. Kick off your scoops and dunk a blub with my fa. Nasa. Vale. You jealous of yourself? You should be. Because here it is. The blappers party on the face of the poopy. Slow, Chef, and Beer Man. Beer Man, you the hot man. You the peasant king. You the everyman patriot. What's your blappest happy? Uh, probably my grandfather's hat that my mom gave to me. I don't actually know what style of hat it is, so if y'all could help me figure it out, that'd be cool. Oh, yeah. Johnson will know yeah. what that is. Uh, so is it up on both sides or just one? Well, I, so where I have it... Um, where I have it sitting, I have stuff on either side of it. So, like, kind so of it's not it. like the Australian backpacker's hat where it's one side up and the other side. I'll turn off the background so you can see it fully. Is it corduroy? Uh, kind of. I mean, it's not corduroy, but it's kind of like that. It's really thick and like, is it cozy? Yeah, I mean, it has to keep your head warm. That's it is 30% reprocessed wool. 40% polyester, 25% acrylic, and 5% foreign. Like, foreign! Extraterrestrial? Extra what the hell? I, I, think, I think that's semen. <laughs> I will tell you yeah, that it looks all wool. You know, they made it to make that 30% really kind of like take the character of the hat, I feel. It's a wool I hat. I want to say it's I a wool hat. Chefy? Chef, chef, you super Miami. You balls to the walls. You stacky on the backy. What's your black fish, Pappy? The bowler hat. Nice. Dark black. Nice. Yeah. With a I little bought... sheen. Is that a, is that a ribbon that goes around the... Yeah, it's like a little, a little ribbon. Wow. Yeah. I bought this I like... at a... It could be. It's pretty tight. I got a big-ass head, so... <laughs> yeah. Dude, but... I feel like you're straight out of Clockwork Orange, too. You know, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I kind of see DMC. Yeah, that too. I Man, just your hat transgresses boundaries. That's all I'm gonna say. All I'm saying is he needs a hip six shooter pistol with a real skinny barrel. You know, yeah, like, see? Yeah, fuck yeah. give me the money, see? Give me the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, lead copper. But I, I bought that. I was in a. Uh, I was in New Orleans and I was in a bachelor party and I thought, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a dumb purchase. I'm going to make a purchase of like something I really don't need. Did you ever yeah, been, since? Uh, a couple of times, actually. It was a cold ass wedding. So it just made sense. I was like, I'm going to gonna build a, uh, a, a tire around this hat. You got to go gamble with that. You know, just put this. Yeah. Nobody's going to mess with you, brother. You're going to be on the table all by yourself. Eh, see? <laughs> eh, throw down, throw down another, another 500, eh? Eh. <laughs> hey, slow. You saka mafaka. You the rocky of fun. You the new fans. What's your blepest peppy? Right now, I mean, I gotta say it's my uh, Santa hat. I'm wearing it everywhere. It's the time of year. I, I carry candy canes, giving them away to everybody, baby. Episode four, special guest, Mr. Bradley Johnson, MFA. What's an MFA? It stands for... Motherfucker. So feel this, in a perfect world, Brad would drop the R in his first name and go with bad. Then he'd change his last name to ass. Then he'd really be called badass. Motherfucker! His latest 
this chat book of poetry is entitled Smuggling Elephants Through Airport Security and it won prizes and shit from places like Michigan State University. Uh, bet. Across from Whiskey at Go Go, there's a subway now. Vito shows me where the hookers used to bend into unrolled windows of slowed sedans. Maybe the West isn't the West anymore. Maybe it moved north to Seattle in the 90s with Pearl Jam, Mud Honey, and Sleater Kenny, only to scatter to Nashville, Omaha, and Brooklyn like shotgun spray after Cobain's suicide and never returned. Like, whoa, right? Get your drum. Beat a rhythm. Bradley Johnson got goons. Yeah, he reads to a beating heart. Mr. Badass Motherfucker. What's your blappest pappy? The Baltimore Orioles. Look at that. It's an old school hat there. Baltimore Orioles, dude. Wow. Is that vintage, Johnson? This is 1988. Still fits. What is that? Is that a mesh in the back? Is that black mesh, plastic mesh? Or that's, oh, that's a form. That's a one size fits all. That is pretty. Yeah, so, the, what, are, what are those old wool ones? Are they using the uh, that logo anymore? They went to, so this was the logo and they sucked forever. But Cal Ripka was huge, but they just sucked. And then they changed their hats to the black with the Oriole Oriole. Mm -hmm. And then they're playing the Yankees in the playoffs and they're losing to the Yankees. But then they changed the hats with these hats when they suck. It's an interesting little dynamic. Mm. I definitely think there's like a, 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 a certain game swing when certain teams change uniforms. In the middle of the game, <laughs> they change uniforms? No, at the beginning of the season. Gotcha. Right? Like in 88, they went back to the old 1960s Baltimore <laughs> Orioles hat. And then they go to the playoffs. Yeah, I, my microphone. I, are you guys able to hear me if I just use my computer mic? Yeah, I think you sound yeah. fine. I don't think you have okay. to make any adjustments. Yeah. As far as the video is concerned, I'd like you to do something with your face. <laughs> anything that you can do with your face to make it less punch happy. <laughs> Brad, can we first and foremost talk about this is your first beard, full beard that you've ever grown fully? Yeah, I did the pandemic beard and I also did the pandemic shave. Mm -hmm. So I, I was the opposite way before 2020. It's pretty late in life to just make a massive altering. And you look, by the way, probably the first compliment I've ever given you, like a million dollars with the beard. I mean, it's like it's like all of a sudden you are Johnson more than you ever were Johnson before. <laughs> well, I've decided that the beard gives people less face, which seems to be a good selling point. Mm. I've been experimenting and there's definitely been times I've looked like a real it takes it takes a bit to figure that out I, I look for um, I looked for barbers for a while and not every barber is made equal um, <laughs> no I've had barbers I used to have sideburns and I've had guys like mess up my hair <laughs> yeah and uh but there's also like there's beard barbers as opposed to like top hair barbers. Really? Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's people that can do it. Everyone can do it. But I mean, can they do it good for your face? You know, depends. And it took me a while to find someone that like had a, a vision uh, how they Not could do my beard well. Um, yeah. Luckily, luckily, um, you know, evolution um, uh, took away my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my my head and my head hair at 24, uh, but oh. gave me a nice uh, a nice beard. I mean, you know, I still have you know, I got the I got the the cold sack, you know, but you know, 24 I, like that's brutal. Yeah, yeah, I started like I saw it. I could have maybe held on to 25, but <laughs> uh, I saw it in pictures and I was like, nah, bro, no, nah, bro. Let's go. Let, let, let's get out of here. Let's. Uh... Chef, I can't get your beard barber out of my head. I have to know everything about him. I want to say he's at least 300 pounds. Italian. Well, she, well, she has oh. a wife. And, uh, aha, it's a plot twist. And she actually has taught a lot of barbers in uh, in Miami. She used to like be in a school and stuff that she would be one of the the instructors and she's really good she's done it for a long time 
Is this? Do you uh, go to her house? Is this on her porch? No, there's a uh, <laughs> a place down here that one floor, right? But that floor has twenty or thirty rooms, and each one of those rooms is probably the size of this room. And each barber or hairstylist has their own room, and that's like all they do. So, right. so, so it's ba- basically they have like small barber shops in like one big place. Got to be like twenty or thirty of them. So, so you're like saying the, the conversations you have with this barber woman are shared by no one. You can have private conversations with your barber in this particular establishment. Yes. Wow. Now. I don't. I know it's me three, me four, me five, the whole nine yards. But can you give me the approximate weight of your beard barber? <laughs> I don't know. She's probably. Uh, she's definitely less than two hundred pounds. Okay, and then uh, would you say she's Italian? I just have this Italian vibe. <laughs> No, she's she's Cuban and very Miami. Oh, okay, cool. I want to go. I'm going yeah. to grow the beard. I, how long will it take me? I would say, I guess everybody's different, right? But I would say, count me in four months, make the appointment. I want to meet this woman and I want a private conversation, chef. I don't need you to grease the wheels. I want my own room. She's, she's available for work. She does all kinds of hair. Beer man. I love yes, the sir. backdrop. Do you know I'm drinking one of those right now? Did you know I'm drinking a Moosehead Lager based on our last head podcast? And I got to tell you, I am in love with this beer. It's like my new Stella. What are you drinking? Yeah, it's the shit. Well, <clears throat> so I had, I quickly, while I was getting tuned up, I had a Prima Pills by Victory. Oh, wait, I don't know if I, you can see it with the background. It's It's fading in and out. Now I see it. Now I don't. Uh, You'll just have to take my word for it. It's a victory <laughs> prima pilsner. Very delicious. Because you're Argentinian? Because you're Argentinian, you're celebrating? Um, no, actually, it's uh, almost Christmas time. The beer man is uh, a Christmas celebrator. Nice. Not to hate on other religions. I enjoy all holidays, even Flag Day. Dude. Do you do the Christmas beers? <laughs> I am drinking. I have a selection of what I consider Christmas beers, but which are not actually Christmas beers. We have the Merry Monks by Weyerbacher. Okay. 9.3%. Figured I'd kick things off big for the uh, wow. podcast. Wow. Why do, why do monks make the best beer? Because they're disciplined. Solid question. <laughs> And and I and I want to add why is that a Christmas beer because of the monks right I mean because it's the monks yeah and there's Mary in the title oh I what's mean, it called again say. I'm sorry Mary monks oh very cool do you have another couple of beers that you consider Christmas that other people don't well one of my go tos on Christmas is arrogant bastard I, don't <laughs> know, I just love it it just tastes like a Christmas beer to me I think that's it for me is the flavor of the beer mm. if it's like this, uh, Mary Monks is a Belgian style triple. I love that European stuff at Christmas. I don't know. It just tastes Christmassy to me because it's a little bit spicy, but it's got lots of octane. Mm. And uh, I don't know. It just tastes good on Christmas. So these are my go-tos. Arrogant bastard. And I think it's also good for like the Christmas dinner because when you drink it, <laughs> everybody's an arrogant right. bastard. Everybody goes home hurt, crying. Yeah, by by dinner time, I'm an arrogant bastard. You know, <laughs> not true. Not true. Christmas uh, is a wonderful day. It really is. It's my best time of year. I don't know about you guys, uh, Johnson. I know that your wife goes crazy. She is decorates like nobody's business. How do you celebrate Christmas, my friend? We do it all. We put up the everybody. My kids have their own trees. We've got an Elvis tree. We've got our big really? Christmas twelve foot tree. Uh, my son has got his order, LeBron ornaments and his minion ornaments. And so what, what's an Elvis tree exactly? <laughs> so my, so it's got all the ornaments. So Graceland has its own. They print their own stuff, and so every they've got all the different Elvises from every period. Wow! And then some of them sing. I don't know what I what my problem is. I want to drill down on everything, but. Is this battery operated ornaments that can sing like Elvis or the whole thing plugs in? Oh, so I got a tree and then over the 20 years I've collected Las Vegas Elvis, uh, Hawaii Elvis. I got blue suede suit Elvis. I got uh, fat Elvis. (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? 
No one expected it to take long before the interaction between Johnson and Slow flared up. These two blasters have a contentious relationship for sure. In Slow's mind, Johnson is a pop culture snob. Whatever's happening can't be cool because it's happening. And to Johnson, Slow is like a pandering street musician who just plays mainstream nonsense like a fiddle. Or guitar, if you will. Yes, they can get together on R.E.M.'s one I love, but it's only where hipster meets pop that they can hang. If they were to come up with a set list for a road trip, and they have, it would look like this. A bit of cake, Sonic Youth, and the White Stripes. Sprinkle in some Bonnie Vare and the Decemberists. Top it all off with Helmet, Motorhead, and Faith No More. At this point in the party, Flo went on a screed about the king of rock, the one and only Elvis Presley, and his foundational contribution to American culture. He spent particular time on the term Fat Elvis, which he finds deplorable. Slow likes a cuddly rock star. To hear a man sing well and simultaneously feel like he could give a solid hug, Slow feels warm and cozy. Slow brought up Meatloaf, Nas Barkley, and Axl Rose circa 2010. Slow offered Chubby Elvis as a better term, and if Fat Elvis was to be used, it should be clear that it is P-H-A-T Elvis. Beer Man hopped up on his 9-3%er, popped in with this. Come on, Elvis? He's like one of the worst artists of all time. Which only incited Slow to new levels of righteous, indignant sermonizing. It was only Slow's deep curiosity about the Elvis Christmas tree that led him to continue the party with Johnson. Johnson graciously, and seemingly undeterred by Slow's personal attacks that were sprinkled throughout his Elvis commentary, continued with the details of his ornaments. A hundred million Elvis fans can't be wrong. And then I've got, uh, yeah, a couple of the guitars that sing like Blue Christmas and uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. You rolled deep, huh? You rolled deep on the Elvis. Well, you know, you... It didn't start as an Elvis tree. It became one. That's really great. So now... Just organically grew. All right. And is it, is <laughs> yeah, it your, uh, Don't you have an alias that you go by in case you're ever in trouble or you don't want to use your own name? Don't you have a name that's also based on Elvis lore? Elvis would travel. When he traveled, I think he actually used the name William Burroughs. Johnson, now WB. Who at the time was uh, a yeah. sort of hipster beatnik writer. So William Burroughs is a good alias. That's so, a deep cut right there. So you're an Elvis fan, obviously. I mean, would you consider yourself an Elvis head? I mean, where did this start? Where it was it just because you had a couple of them and then it, it got in your head? Or is somebody else the Elvis fan? How does this happen? This is the greatest thing I've ever... I tell you what, if anybody ever put together, a, you know, a slow funk pump Christmas tree, dead or alive, I'd be fucking rising up and dancing. I think it's the coolest <laughs> thing that's ever happened in this world. Like a, like well, a so chef Christmas tree. I want a chef album. tree. I want a beer man tree. And Christmas albums. Everybody does a Christmas album. Smashing Pumpkins have this amazing mm. Christmas oh, no song. Really? It's incredible. Wow. And I think probably it came out of one of those collections with the, uh, I can't remember the cover, but it's all these, you know, pop culture people. Like Aretha Franklin singing, you know, Jingle Bells. Like, I'll listen to that. <laughs> nice. All day oh, long. Yeah. All day long. I thought I had heard Billy Corgan on a Christmas song like this week or last week on an edit <laughs> on a video or something. And he was just here and he looks like Uncle Fester and they rock, man. Did you see I it? Did you, get to get to, did you get to that show? I actually had a, uh, I was all on sites all on that show and I ended up having to go to a cousin's birthday party, you know. Uh, fam up oh. it, it was uh, yeah they were touring and they're touring now i think with uh you know with, obviously uh who was it johnson james james addiction yeah. yeah do you know if they ever do they do at the end of the show do they get together i think they do like a kind of like they did when they were there but perry farrell it was early in the tour before he sort of crapped out oh but they were spectacular too yeah so you saw the show yeah Talk to me about the talk to me about the Hard Rock Live. What do you think of that venue? I mean, was that your first show there? Well, so I, I saw Chris Rock there at the old place, and the new place is nice. No, they've done a great job down there. Unbelievable. So who opened? Jane's Addiction came out, shredded it. But they're so fun, like. That energy they have, where it's like din, 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 din. when that starts, you're ready to go. <laughs> you know, Here like, we go. Like you're ready to go attack the lead singer of Corn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Beer man, you had uh, quite the summer concert series uh, your own self. Uh, actually, I always respect a man who can break state lines <laughs> repeatedly, weekend after weekend. That's commitment. 
So, uh, what was what was you say is your the highlight? I mean, you were at Fish. You were well, at oh well. <clears throat> so I gotta say, it wasn't just a summer thing. I had a little bit of a midlife crisis this year. I saw as many shows as I could <laughs> in the calendar year 2022, which was uh, I figured it out recently. If I make a show that I have scheduled tomorrow, it's a guy I went to high school with, plays fiddle for a band around here. They're I'm so done. good. It's like true bluegrass. Awesome. Red eye in it. If I make that show tomorrow, I will have seen 26 nights of music this year. Beer Man Spoke here. He calculated his shows later with pen and pencil, and he actually saw 22 live shows in 2022. This is a happy accident as 22 and 22 sound so flat. Anywho, as a note, Beer Man has since challenged Slow and the band to see 23 live shows in 2023. Slow has already seen his first record release of songwriter named Guinea. More to come for sure as live music is the stuff of energy and flow and life for Slow goes on and off the stage. That's a good number. Which is one every other week, which I'm pretty proud of. So <laughs> that's impressive. <clears throat> Give us the list. Highlights. Oh, well, I saw. So the farthest I went was I went to one of those uh, like swanky resorts with the four day festival. That was one of the first things I saw this year was uh, Avit Brothers oh. in the Cancun area. Okay. Very folky. Very into yeah. themselves. I saw their documentary. Well, and they just seemed to be really into. Yeah, themselves. they got a cool sound, and uh, I mean, yeah. ultimately, but, I, I didn't choose that. It was my brother and his wife were going to go with one of his fraternity brothers and that guy's wife, but he ended up getting diagnosed with cancer last year. Jeez. So, yeah, holy shit, right? So he's like, "Well, I, I can't really go to Cancun." <laughs> so we bought the tickets off him and went with my brother and his wife. It was uh, in Cancun. Yeah, well, you know, you go outside. I think it was uh, Riviera Maya, somewhere around that area. The Hard Rock, whichever, wherever that is. Mm. I love it, man. And it was cool, man. They got a really awesome sound. So that's definitely the farthest I traveled. Yeah, but why is it that folk musicians, I've noticed, are the most into themselves? Like they can what, do you just... talk, what does that even mean, into themselves? <laughs> when they talk about their music. <laughs> they talk about it like it moves mountains, that it is the stuff of our beating hearts. I can tell you why. Everything. Okay, go. It's a four-day thing. You're at the Hard Rock, and it's not just them. So during the day, it's all these other bands. And so you, get, you really get a sense for all these different folk acts. It's because the people that are watching them they're really enjoying the music and the artists can see that on their faces. <laughs> and so the artist then has to like pretend that they're the best, most amazing thing in the world because they don't want to let the people down. The people are there. It's the people super drunk from drinking all day and they can't be let down. <laughs> okay. Well, well, period. I mean, can, I can I just put a period on the end of that? Oh, wait. No, chef's got to I just made that no, up I, on the I, spot. I, I don't know how much. I like this. Uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at the Elvis tree now. <laughs> the Elvis tree. Oh, is, is, there a, is there a chat thread going on I'm unaware of here? Okay. No, the, the phone <laughs> chat. Yeah. No, nice. I got to check it out. I just posted. Uh, I just put my tree. Let me just add a little uh, coda to that story there. So as part of this thing, because we're going... You know, we're going on someone else's tickets, basically. So in order to help this dude, you know, keep like good spirits up, my wife and my brother's wife ask him, what does he want me and my brother to do in Cancun to, you know, like as a tribute to him? Okay. So he he picks out these fucking mankinis. It's like a Speedo with a little strip of fabric up to a bow tie. <laughs> So this is what he wants us to do is like wear these to the pool one day. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like, we can't fully share it, but there's photo evidence everywhere. Of this yeah. bullshit. And I don't want but, that in the thread. Uh, I'm a fine with the Elvis tree. <laughs> these Christmas trees are cute. Talk about a Christmas tree, the beer man's Christmas tree. I mean, that was on a full effect. You mean these cans, these beer cans? 
those beer cans is exactly that's what the beer man's christmas tree i just put up a real big beer can moosehead lager that's so, the ultimate christmas beer because it's green and red so it's like you know it is really good it's got a, a deer on it <laughs> <laughs> or as they call them in canada a moose eh <laughs> <laughs> Here, Beer Man thought Slow was talking about the beer cans behind him, but Slow is actually referring to Beer Man's Satch and Duh. In that mankini on the cruise ship, Beer Man was showing off his Christmas tree, meaning his wiener. My apologies if I am again inserting pictures of a dude Beer Man in your mind. Clarity is my only goal. <laughs> the, do you know the, the Greek fishing hat? Ah, yes. Oh, nice, yeah. Classic. Yeah, that's like a less Claypool words that all the time. I got to be honest with you, that hat somehow, like, I feel like Johnson, when you grew that beard, and I said it earlier, you're so much less punchable. But when you put the green <laughs> fishing hat on right now, immediately, I just don't want to start swinging. Just start beating <laughs> down. What's that one? That one's like a brown. What is that? Well, this is just nice. a little fedora, right? Fedora, classic. Classic. That's probably what this is, right? This is like a wool fedora. Yeah, it's like a fedora-ish. It really does feel fedora-ish. It felt very familiar when you put it on, but it's just the texture yeah. of it that felt so, like, you know, like fresh and cozy. It just seems Although that light mine gray. Is, mine is 5% foreign, so. <laughs> yeah. And is it? None of y'all have the same. Yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting to watch, like, all the Russian and Belarusian, like, when it gets winter there. Their hats are so funny. It's just like dead animal on their head, shaped like a yeah. toenail. 100% wool right here. Yeah. Shaped like a toenail. <laughs> right? It's the character from uh, the Adams family. They just wear it on their head. So, Johnson, I was curious to know because, uh, you know, you asked me to send a link to you, you know, or whatever. And I know I've known your email for a while. And your email is based upon the Duran Duran song, correct? Lion Sleeps Tonight. And I'm just curious to know, kind of much like the Elvis tree, if this song means something, is if it's very special to you, like why lions? Not Duran Duran. That's an old. Uh, that's an old fifty, right? In the jungle, the the mo quiet jungle, the, the lions. But didn't Duran Duran do it? Yeah, and I don't know, you're but thinking of hungry like not a wolf. Band you're listening oh. to, but maybe <laughs> hungry like hungry a wolf. Like a that wolf. is it. That is it. Hungry okay. like a wolf. <laughs> so, what does "Lion Sleeps Tonight" mean to you? It's interesting. Do you know I, that? Do you know that song? Yeah, I love the song. Do you know what? It's an allegory for really for uh, African war, the, the, the lion is the incoming authoritarian tribe coming in to commit genocide. Whoa. Mm. Good times. And so the lion sleeps tonight and they go kill him? What happens? No, so the lion, the lion in the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. Go to sleep. You're safe tonight. Oh, damn. That's dark as hell. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you all the wing, 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 you know, or, or they're, they're hurtful for sure. They're, they're a product of pain. But the Owimba, Owimba, what, uh, you guys got any other songs that come to mind that are like that? I mean, I think he was talking specifically about uh, Under the Bridge. So we'll mention the Chili Pepper song, Under the Bridge, in a few seconds. No, he's deaf as balls, but he's also a borderline airhead. Anthony Kiedis, lead singer of the Red Eye Chili Peppers, was a discussing as a song, a scarlet tissue, when he made the point about the sometimes paradoxical nature of lyrics. Six solo. And making it sound, it sounds happy and it sounds like you love this city, but it's really about how the city has torn you to part. Oh, I don't think it sounds happy. I think I always felt that it was dark, even as a teenager. Mm. But I didn't really understand 
the meaning of it till I was yeah. older and I knew you more didn't about know what band. happened under the bridge. Mm. <laughs> no, it makes a lot more sense now as an Now that you've lived under the bridge for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now that I've been homeless. <laughs> so uh any other songs though that come to mind that are like so dark, but actually when you listen to them, you can't help but jump up and down in your seat and smile. You know, <laughs> well, I don't know about all, all that, but there's like all the old nursery rhymes are all fucked up, you know. <laughs> uh, what's the one about you know, ashes to ashes, we all fall down, mm. ring around the rosy. It's like, do, 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 do. you think it's about flowers and shit, but it's about, I don't know, the shit black burning. plague. <laughs> yeah, the black plague. Is it really? It's about the black yeah. plague, yeah. Oh my god, what does that mean? You, mean? you mean that the black plague was taking people out? Yeah, so just be happy. I don't know. (laughs) Just be happy because you're going to be taken out pretty soon. Yeah, just be happy until you're taken out by the Black Plague. And then Ring Around the Rosie, is that the one where you tap somebody on the head and then they have to get up? What is Ring Around the Rosie? What's the game itself? (laughs) Pocket full of posy, right? That was like the equivalent to keep the disease away. Mm. I think the game is stay alive. That's like carrying garlic around vampires. Wow. Really? Well, and we think about all this. (laughs) Well, speaking of, I mean, we all think about this as, you know, benign, but, you know, it it actually matters. What, the Black Plague? Yeah, I mean, we're singing about it still, and the plague happens, and people, we had a plague two years ago, and people are like, put a Put a pocket of put a posy in your pocket. What? Yeah. <laughs> like we haven't come much further. Yeah, human humanity's uh, ways of dealing with things haven't hasn't really um progressed a lot. Well, but is isn't that the tale of though like you talk to one person and they seem pretty intelligent, or he or she seems pretty intelligent, but then you talk to a group of people and they're just like off the fucking map morons, you know? Yeah, Christmas dinner, I know what you mean. (laughs) It's like a collective thing where, you know, individuals are malleable and you can kind of like talk sense with them. But then as soon as there's like an angry mob with the pitchforks, you're just, you know, it's like, what the hell do you do in a situation like that? And that seems to be what we're kind of headed for. Well, the whole culture, I mean, we've talked about how the whole culture shifted, where it was like we used to be a country that hated the mob and we'll stand up to the mob and the angry pitchforks. And those are the idiots. And then at one point, people were like, I like being a deplorable idiot. I want to be (laughs) part of the mob. This is my sense of the mob is my community. What what are you, a fucking Kennedy? I dare you (laughs) discuss the mob with some sort of disgrace. Those are honorable people defending the good people of America. Once again, I must insert my narration to compensate for Slow's complete lack of detailed knowledge about anything. His mind is a flutter of erroneous facts, misreads texts, and propaganda. Slow's dreams are equivalent to his experiences in that he can't tell the difference between them. He's a Fellini movie without the substance. Anywho, Slow thought WB was referring to the Italian-American mob, the one with the guns and the bosses and cool movies, but in fact, WB was simply using the term mob as in mob rule, so everyone had to endure another slow spread about the times when the mob was the only option for justice and how The Sopranos was a metaphor for all of us and blah blah blah. Somehow Beer Man corralled the meandering mind of Slow by bringing it back to Sylvester Stallone, a true American treasure according to Slow. Hey, speaking of Italian-Americans, I'm recording all of the Rockies today. Well, Rocky 1 through 4. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, I, mean, I hear you. I hear you what you're saying on that. I don't know that there's much discussion there. It has to end at four. Everybody knows it. What was five? <laughs> it was five. the one where he had the, the kid that uh, he taught and then like... Tommy Gunn. Yeah, Tommy Gunn, who was a real yeah. boxer at the time. Dude, you got to watch his ESPN 30 for 30. It literally, or 60 or whatever the hell it is. But yeah. it's... Uh, no, Some it's sad. The, he, I know that guy's story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know. At one point, <laughs> at one point, he wanted he hired a dental, a dental doctor, to implant biceps because he was dying of AIDS, and he wanted, oh and he, and he wanted his his strength back. And the I guys, wanted to laugh at him, but then you said that he had AIDS, and I felt horrible. So there is oh, no. Yeah, it's a really it's a really sad story about just oh, how shit. you know that whole industry just eats you up and spits you yeah. out.
Yeah, but the yeah, good well, news that's is most industries. <laughs> the good news is though that like he never really he thought he was gonna beat it till the end. He kept saying he didn't even have it. He was gonna he's gonna beat it. You need and to dude, write a nursery rhyme about this. And shit. dude, let's not make him out to be innocent. They used to be, the first days of his career, <laughs> the guy was like jabbing his dick with like uh erectile, like <laughs> off the market oh, shit. God. And then getting drunk in his hometown and just passing out in the bar. <laughs> yeah, he, def- he definitely had his issues. Anyway, there oh, was wow. no Rocky Six, right? There, it, um, it I, I think that's when Creed started, right? Yeah. No, no, no. Like, they Balboa, right? Balboa, Rocky. Oh, Balboa. Balboa, Rocky Balboa. You're right. I never, I haven't seen that one yet. Some people say it was a resurgence. I thought I hated it. Then my, I watched it with uh, some other Italians. And they were like, no, this was this is a good movie. You got to watch it again. And <laughs> it I kind of watched good. it. And I was like, it's not that bad. You know, Paulie was in there still being pissed off. I don't know. I just felt like the, the fight itself was a little over the top when, you know, Rocky's 73 years old. You know? Well, he didn't so win. He fought uh, Robert That's De Niro. True. That's true. No, no, no. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, fought Robert, he fought Raging Bull. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> You know, by, well, I never even thought about that grudge match was actually bringing Robert De Niro back as a fighter too. Wow, chef! Wow, I think that I was ro- that was Rocky Seven. Yeah, <laughs> I think we got to end here just so I can actually like kind of wrap that around my brain. I never even realized Raging Bull fought Rocky. Yeah, <laughs> they only sold it in the in like Chinatown. Well, so so who in the chat right now is a Weird Al Yankovic fan? Anyone? The movie Everybody. was great. Everybody. I haven't seen the movie. I hear good things. Can't oh, wait. It's so Steve. fun. What it's a movie or a documentary? Fourteen. Oh yeah. The, <laughs> the theme from Rocky Fourteen: The Rye or the Kaiser. I gotta look that up. I'll check. Uh, I'll put oh, that you don't know that? It's on in 3D. The album is called In 3D. Ah. Oh man, it's one of his best covers because you don't even know. It's called. It might be called theme from Rocky 13. I forget. He just, he goes like huge with the number and he Rocky's <laughs> retired and he's running a sandwich shop. So funny. Well, I just, which remember, is basically uh, Creed. Like when you watch Creed, he's got a restaurant, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what he has. Uh, May I interrupt just real quickly to say it's blubber time. Yeah. What you got? Yeah, don't know what any of that means, but be a man of God God's mag radio is at blubber number two. So it's blubber time. Here's the full explanation of his flip. Uh, well, I'm going big again today. I hadn't really drank before this, so I'm going big for the first couple. This is the Allagash Triple, mm. which is a green bottle, Ooh. hence it's Christmassy. All Very right. nice. I like the Allagash beers. They do well with the, uh, I'm not a fan of beers with a lot of particulate matter, but mm. Allagash does it well for me. Interesting. What kind of particulate is in that? Uh, well, you know how some are, some beers have like a Hefeweizen or some of the Belgian styles. They have a lot of the flakes left in. They don't mm. like filter a lot of it out. Mm. Or you can, if you're making beer, you can put stuff in after the fact to like, you know, boost the alcohol by volume. And some of that has to turn into something else once it turns into alcohol. So, whoa. So, anyway, it's all uh, part of the chemistry. This weird owl thing, I thought it was a documentary. You guys said movie. It's actually like a fictional, like he's playing it's an a actor. biopic. Yeah. A bio, it's like, a, like, yeah. It's a metafictional biopic. Oh. <laughs> metafictional. Wow. I haven't and actually I, seen it yet. Can you give me just like a real? I know it's about no spoilers. Out, no spoilers. Well, yeah, what's, no spoilers. What, all right, all right. So what's great about it is the bio. Uh, it's it's a biopic in the sense that Weird Al Yankovic decided that he's going to write a bio of his own life in a comedic way. Okay. Oh no way! Love so. It. So I didn't know he um, wrote it. I thought it was like somebody else was, you know, doing the research and interviewing people. So no, no, it's, it's a fictional text. Oh my god, that's so good. Uh, Why would and, I question that he would not be smart about this? Always ahead. Oh, of no, it's, to, it's super smart. Yep. It, it reminds me of the Nick Cage movie that came out recently. Oh yes, I gotta watch that one. 
where Nick Cage plays Nick Cage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hadn't heard about that. That's awesome. So the metafictional stuff are really like it's John Claude Van Damme did one ten mm-hmm. years ago called Van Damme. Mm, and I heard about that. John Claude Van Damme. It, it's in French. It's filmed, I think, in Brussels, and it takes place in a Brussels bank robbery. And John Claude Van Damme, the actor, just happens to be there one day. And so he actually has the actor has to save the day. And in the, <laughs> middle, of it, in the middle of it, the camera, he sits on the camera and it pans up. And it has this really like five minute French monologue about the ex- existence of life. Are we all <laughs> actors? What happens when <laughs> just um, nice? And so the Weird Al Yankovic film is like that, where you're like, "Oh, that's great! I gotta see it." It's- Nobody's really sure how he did it, but at this point, Slow made some relatively insightful connection, at least for him, between Weird Al Yankovic and Elvis Presley, the King of Rock. He then repeated his flip on Elvis as follows. Elvis could have been a crooner. He could have just sang it, but the motherfucker picked up the guitar and he knew how to rock it. So all yes. I'm saying is he was a true musician and you can't rank musicians as first, second, third. You just have to say no, they're can't. doing them. And when you yeah. pick up a guitar when you're Elvis and you don't have to, the comeback, no, the comeback I special. No, I got no beef with Elvis. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Jeff. I got, I got, I got beef I, with the Beatles, but I got no beef with them. <laughs> you got beef with the Beatles. I got no That's beef a with any musician. Like any musician that does it every day. It deserves respect, I think, you know. Kid Rock. Oh. <laughs> Kid Rock. I mean, that's... I'm willing to have beef with Kid Rock. <laughs> I, I, I'm down with having beef with him. He's just a piece of shit. Well, I'm not sure if he plays guitar, so I'll I'll hold out on Kid Rock until I know if he plays the guitar. He probably plays a couple chords. Yeah. Well, and talk like about Biscuit. stealing and presenting themselves as an inauthentic representation of a culture. Like he came on with like that sort of white man's version of rap music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Eminem is country with Dr. Dre version. and Kid Rock's like, oh, I can do it. I'll sound like I'll rewrite. What was the Sweet Home Alabama to Sweet yeah. Home Michigan? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, that was that, that was wrong. But anyway, I, I will Michigan. say the greatest Vocal ad lib probably in the history of rock is boom, we could down, we ding, and dig it down, dig it, 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 dig dig it, dig it, That's not his. That's from the 1960s. So the best part of that song ain't his. Stop it. Oh, that's a good point. I never thought of that. It is. All right. They used to do all that shit back in the doo wop days. Wow. So if he doesn't play guitar, I'm going to go ahead more and join like, uh, it. It was more like the Black Betty days. Wow! Can you you got to send me a link to that song? I would love uh-huh. to hear it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. You, you know Black Betty. Whoa, Black Betty, bang a lang about Betty, bang a lang. Mm. Uh, no, I don't specifically, but I think you're talking more about like the onset of Motown. Yeah, like that era. Well, so the like, yeah, Detroit rock was Kiss and Jay Giles, yeah. and later Seeger. Bang a lang. <laughs> Are you talking about Pete Seeger? I was strong as I could be, like a rock. I think Pete Seeger was like the '30s, wasn't he? Bob Seeger was the '80s. <laughs> Pete Seeger, Pete Seeger was name one like, Bob Seeger song from the '80s. They're, they're singing them. <laughs> like a rock was what 1983. Oh, I thought that was the 70s. My bad. I thought that was a Chevy commercial for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I know. I want to find out. I'm finding out. Like a Rock. Boom. It was originally recorded in 1980. Wow. 86. All right. I feel pretty good about that. I thought it was going to end up being in the 70s. I'm pretty happy. Mm-hmm. 83 was a good guess. You're both, no, you seem you're pretty both under. You're both under. 
So there's no winner here. I would have guessed like 77. So I was way off. I think what you're thinking about though, is the other classic Bob Seger. Which one's that? Well, well there was a few. Bullet. There's, yeah, there turn was a in, mullet turn involved in the production of these songs. There was a mullet involved, so it had to be the eighties. <laughs> True. Oh, good call. But Bob Seger, what was his quintessential uh, career song, as he called it? They're sitting in the, uh, the, you know, they're sitting in the the car and they're making out. What one was that? <laughs> that was Meatloaf. Meatloaf. <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on. I was gonna guess it. Turn the page. About yeah, not turn the page. Night move. Turn the page. Night, night, night move. Getting on the night move. Nineteen seventy six. So that puts your Bob and, uh, Seger into perspective. From seventy six to eighty six, it, it started with. <laughs> Did it start with that? I can you honestly commit to that one hundred percent? It started with that. Yeah, because I saw I, some, I, I saw some documentary where he said that was his first hit. Ah. And, they, and then they Pete Seeger was the guy that got pissed off at Bob Dylan when he plugged in at the Newport Folk Festival in oh. 1960. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and guys, back to my point of arrogant folk douchebags. Am I right? Nice. Pete, nice. who the hell do you think you are, bro? Leave Bob alone and let it just happen. Come on. Now. Well, if, well, if you haven't singers. heard, just to bring it all back around, if you haven't heard the Bob Dylan Christmas album. It is hysterical. <laughs> really? Why do you to say watch hysterical? Him, to watch him, to try to differentiate the words of jingle bells coming out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know the words, but it's just, it sounds like he's being dragged down the street. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've heard a worse vocal performance than a, uh, the guy from the 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 Velvet Underground, um, Lou, Reed. Lou Reed, Lou, Lou Reed, and 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 with Metallica and Lulu. <laughs> oh no! Way. Wow, that juxtaposition hurt my brain. Real quick. And, and here's here's a sad here's a here's a sad thing. Like all of the Metallica riffs in that album were great. Like they were all like, sure. I love I love them. Like they like it could have been a great Metallica album mm. on its own, but like. You know, if you, if you hear if you hear Lou Reed like singing, he's like, "Oh no!" It's like he's just singing random shit. It doesn't even sound like he's singing. He's like, "I turned to her and she said, I love you." And it's like you know, like all this chaos is happening in the back, but it was just like, oh, it was just, yeah, it was. Uh, but that's yeah. what Lou Reed is great about. Like if you listen to the Lou Reed solo albums, the New York album is just him talking, but it's his music. It mm-hmm. makes sense. That makes sense, Every, yeah. When he tries to do other stuff, people just stare at him. When I first heard the album, I'm like waiting. I'm like, oh my God, it's the, he's just talking. <laughs> right, but that's, that, I mean, that's what the Velvet Underground were all about. It was Lou Reed telling, like, this is 18 minutes of words I wrote while on heroin. Go now. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, I love throwing down my 50 bucks for that. You know what I mean? Give me more heroin-infused meandering please sprinkle in some warhol because he that they came out of the warhol movement in the mm. that was the 60s they mm, were basically right. warhol's house band mm. oh i didn't know that interesting that's why lou reed doesn't care mm. <laughs> yeah r.i.p all things to flow to and from the jam in the slow funk pump universe the potty is no different here, the potty concluded with a chat about Chef having a child with his beard barber and how the intimate nature of hair trimming is, at its core, at least potentially romantic. It might just be the perfect situation for Chef to charmingly conquer her and make her his wife. WB, Beer Man, and Slow each put in their two cents on the most effective strategy for Chef to employ to close the deal. Slow thought Chef should ask relevant questions about his poob hair style figuring that might grease the wheels towards a sexual encounter. Beer Man, of course, suggested packing a few blubbers to the next trim sesh, and WB thought it might be nice if Chef hung out in the parking lot until the end of the working day. When the beard lady was exiting and going to her car, WB suggested Chef serenade her with a poem of love and a pastry, maybe a ding-dong, a Twinkie. Chef thanked everyone for their suggestions, and he instinctively picked up his bass and let's slow to this jam and this sesh on this bird. 
Heavenly wine and roses Whisper to me when she smiles Standing on the corner Suitcase in my hand Jackson has corset jeans in her vest And me not tricking up I'm in a rock and roll band Riding that studs fair cap jean They studied their rules of verse in the women's They wrote their eyes Sweet Jane, sweet Jane, sweet Jane, sweet Jane Yeah, now let me tell you something about Jack He's a baker and Jane, she's a clerk Both of them see their money so not big Slowfunkpump.com for all things Slow Funk Pump. The party, the show, the songs, the shop. Hashtag go derf deep, join the fam. And oh, Quentin Tarantino savers. Oh, everybody loves the swords. Yeah, you can see like the, the Black Mamba logo, like right here. Nice. Uh, I love it. <laughs> 